friends at Tivoli Brewing Company and the Department of Communication Arts and Sciences at MSU Denver, this is Unfiltered. And here are your hosts, Jay Schrader and Dr. Samuel Jay. First uh, 45 seconds to a minute of Bill I and Ashley Carter from Beerstat talking was not included on this podcast because I forgot to hit record on my computer. But anyhow, you'll hear Bill, Bill talking, you'll hear Ashley talking. They are the brains behind Beerstat Logger House here in Denver. And there's a third voice that you're going to hear that is different than Jay and I's, and that would be David Lynn, who is the co-owner and co-founder of Comrade Brewing Company. Um, we're giving David lots of accolades early on and, you know, giving us some shit as well. And that is because Comrade uh, took home a ton of Great American Beer Festival medals earlier this month. And so that's where the shit's coming from. Anyhow, we jump into things uh, right after I stop here. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of uh, background or uh, I just wanted to give you a little bit of an introduction since I screwed up and, and failed to do that. But enjoy the show. So the loggers just kind of one part of it and honestly we don't put anything in package or anything so coming here and experiencing it is part of the reason why um we present it the way we do and i don't think you can get the full experience unless you actually come here and, and have a pills or have a hellas or have a dunkel uh because that's we wanted to create an experience one that we've enjoyed in what? many other countries so okay so what's your history with this style of beer then i mean this isn't there's obviously a background there there's there's, uh -huh. a, there's a story to be told what is it I mean, Bill starts way before mine does. To, to so. be told, I, don't know, <laughs> uh, I started brewing professionally in '96, uh, okay. uh, and then I had fortune, uh, good fortune of uh, knowing uh, the guys at Dry Dock, and they definitely needed somebody, and they hired me, and then uh, made a bunch of beer there at Dry Dock. Um, a tree. That's it all comes back full circle to dry here. dock. Yeah, the we missed the first part of the interview because we're here with David Lynn too. So oh yeah, David, yeah, yeah. So so David Lynn from Comrades here. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, dry dock connections. All right, sure. I didn't. It didn't record. Sorry. Continue. Oh no no. What didn't good. record? The first thirty seconds. Oh, super technical. <laughs> <laughs> were you here setting it up? God. And then uh, that's where I met Ashley at dry dock. Okay. Uh, she had been a really garbage home brewer. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Oh, I only homebrewed like five times. So, yeah. I was a real garbage homebrewer before I got a professional job, but she'd been a homebrewer, kind of, not really, and uh, decided to do something more with that. And apparently, if you listen to her side of the story, David Lynn trained her. Uh, <laughs> horrible, horrible. I'll never try to get at him. Horrible misinformation. Horrible misinformation. And then uh, I had the chance to go open my own place uh, but when I left there I needed somebody that knew what they were doing and Ashley knew what she was doing and so we both went over there. The story then changes because Ashley and I went over there and about halfway through about a one and a half to two year stint over there Ashley became the head brewer over there. Um, yeah so we all met at Dry Dock actually it's cool David's been a good friend of ours David Lynn has been a good friend of ours for a long time he actually let me just follow him around quite a bit at Dry Dock and Bill was the head brewer at the time and was cool with that, me following around. And I just kind of followed everybody around until David decided to go get his MBA so they could open his own famous brewery now. Um, and they gave me the job there. So that's how I got ended up getting the job at Dry Dock is just by following people around and 
David left. So. You weren't even working there when you were following him. Nope. No, you just were like hanging out in the back. Hanging out, yeah. Little I was brewery out and following and sitting in the cold room and <laughs> wa- oh, the day actually this is a great story. I was there the day after they went to Tommy Ty, Tommy's Thai and he'd eaten the fire. What is it? Tommy's Thai hot. hot. And uh, let's just say he did not look good the next day <laughs> after it happened. <laughs> is Tommy Thai still there? Yeah, is I it think is? So. It's right there. Okay. Okay, well, what's your relationship with beer, though? Uh, so, you know, I, I got my degree in pure mathematics, and okay. I played Division One soccer. And honestly, I drank a lot of beer as a college athlete because that's what you do in Asheville, North Carolina, okay. right. small oh. Division One school. Yes. And uh, moved back to Colorado because that's where I'm from. Okay. And just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was like, oh, beer's kind of cool, and it's got this, like, mental science-y thing. It's got this physical part of it that I really enjoy. And so you're like, hey, I should see if professional brewing is mm-hmm. cool too and i kind of fell in love with it and these guys let me wander around till i was good enough to be hired to do it i went with bill to the other place so when that ended bill and i decided we'd just open a brewery for ourselves and work for ourselves and not let anybody be in charge of what we're going to do and we're going to do this place better than we'd done anything mm-hmm. before do it the best we know how and we'll live and die on those consequences of the decisions we made so why this style of beer, though? I guess for you, like, what is what is is it? Yeah, I mean, for me, honestly, it's I mean, it's infinitely drinkable. I mean, we can drink fifteen of these, and you probably wouldn't want to drive home after that, but you'll still be coherent enough to, <laughs> you know, to have a conversation. It's kind of a beer that gets in the background. Uh, Bill and I always say it's not. It's a beer that doesn't need an instruction manual. Mm-hmm. Like you drink it, you talk about anything else that's going on in your life. It's technically a very difficult beer to make. We set up a brewery entirely to make this one style of beer, which is lager. Um, We set up all the tools to make it easy-ish on ourselves. People always say it's really hard or time-consuming or all these things, but we don't have another way that we would do anything. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of becomes a way of life, I guess you could say. So it's technically a very difficult beer, but I think when you get it in front of you, you don't realize how technically difficult it is because it's so clean, like aseptically ozone clean, and you could taste any flaw in it, and we try to eliminate the possibility for you to be able to taste anything but just forget about it. Honestly, while you're drinking it, that's kind of the thing. Just forget about it and talk about whatever else. Mm-hmm. Talk about this podcast, do whatever. Talk about your job. Talk about don't why talk you guys are dressed like total, you know. <laughs> bankers? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, who are these bankers coming to interview us today? I'm a college you know? professor, okay. Uh, yeah, you uh, should yeah. be dressed slightly <laughs> my, less. Uh, you should have gone to Asheville then. My college professors showed up with, no joke, bare feet and high as fuck. That's why they went to Asheville. Yeah, I got my degree mountain. in math, man. And, like, I had, like, some of the leading <laughs> math professors crazy. in the nation there. And they went there so they could smoke pot and ride mountain bikes. In Asheville, that's Appalachian State, right? Appalachian State. Appalachian. See, my... Yeah, there you go. That's Boone. The top 12. Oh, Boone. Oh. Goddamn yeah. good football school, can't keep school, these fucking the schools straight. Yeah. I know. So that was in the South Appalachian State. 20 years at Metro. I had no idea what yeah, I was well, missing. Yeah, I'm not sure what we're good. That's where I'm a professor. So I don't, that's Anyways, yeah. So that my prof- yeah. like my professors were a little, little funnier than that. That's, that's pretty awesome. badass, though. Okay. Funny. That's, that's awesome. No, I, I appreciate the honesty when you're talking about lagering and, and the fact that this is just... A very drinkable beer. I get it when uh, brewers sit around and talk about hot profiles and mash schedules. I get that. But whenever I'm sitting next to a table of guys all huddled around some IPA or whatever, mm-hmm. talking about what the hops might be, that's the most boring conversation mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. It's horrible. 
Yeah. Why would anybody do that to their life? No, it's true. That's why we started this podcast. So they can Definitely. give it a three on yeah. untapped. Give it a three on untapped. Untapped. <laughs> there you go. We know nothing about making beer, so that's why we started Yeah, the good news is we just drink it, and if it's good, it's good. Uh, I'm just going to interject real quick and say that uh, Superpower IPA, that gold me- gold medal <laughs> 28, 2019 GABF American Style Strong Pale Ale is on tap at Rack House right now. Very it. limited. Get some. Yeah, yeah. Get some. <laughs> He knows Shameless this is where plug. to be on tap. Shameless so, you know. plug, good. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, free advertising. Take so it where you, you can get it. So you decide to make this thing happen. Why here? And what was the kind of build-out timeline? Like, like hiring folks and, and, and choosing a location, etc. Well, let's back into that okay. first, because back it up, back it in. Yeah, just a little bit, okay. because I have a former relationship with the Rackhouse Pub when it was attached to Stranahan's. So walk us through that for a minute, too. I mean, you said your business partner's owners, owner of the Rack House. Is that correct? Uh, we all you, Everybody owns own everything yeah, together. Everybody owns everything. It's a brew okay. pub. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So when the Rack House left Stranahan's, were you guys involved at that time? Or? Uh, Rippy would tell it differently. The Rack House did not leave Stranahan's. He was uh, I'm trying to be polite here. kicked ah, in fair, the dick fair. by them yeah. uh, and pushed out. But right. that worked Cause, out cause well they said, for us. They said the Rack House was coming back for months and months and months and months and months. And I was like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting because I could walk there. It was amazing. And then one day it's open here and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so, yeah, kicked in the dick makes sense. Yeah, kicked in the dick. Uh, I'll let you. Well, we uh, things are going so bad at our previous brewery that when that happened, Chris approached me and said, and wanted to know if we could buy that place, just buy Flat it and, and just buy it out. And they gave us a price so ridiculous they probably should have said, "Go fuck no. off." I mean, they, they they were not serious about selling it. So about a month after she was fired, I left, and that's when we hatched this plan. And initially, strangely, we were going to have a cidery, a brewery, and a distillery in the same building, mm-hmm. and we were going to have a common consumption area in this building. We needed a, a big building, and frankly, this is the last big building in the city that did not want to become a grow house. Uh, uh, so it was available. At the time, uh, It was we knew it was an up-and-coming neighborhood. Since then, it's gotten stupid, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. Yeah. Um, but uh, so when we went to the lawyers, uh, that new liquor law, they said we couldn't have a common consumption area. So what we could do was open a brew pub and sell every kind of liquor, wine, spirits, whatever. Uh, and then the city uh, un- just out of nowhere basically said, you're not having a distillery in there. We're going to zone it out of there. So then we were just left with cidery and us, and we made what looked to be a common consumption area. Okay. Um, so we kept the Rackhouse Pub moniker mm-hmm. because it looked like we're a pub. We have two manufacturers in the building sell both their products mm-hmm. it's not what it is it's a brew pub and in two months the cider is leaving and i don't know that we'll keep the rack house name i think we're going to make it Bierstadt and go hard at uh the beer your own brand yeah yeah you know it was kind of built born out of you know little steps here and there but uh at the end of the day we are a brew pub and chris rippy who was the uh owner of Rock House is fully on board. I hear words of a schnitzel house up here. Fuck yeah. Like he's literally I about to make like the I fattest package schnitzel this week. Is that this week? It's going to have like fucking beer cheese like on a schnitzel. Seriously? Yeah. Like Do you see me getting excited over here? Yeah. yeah. Like Tanya so just made 18 pounds of schnitzel at the house two weeks ago for our family's yeah, annual Yeah. So there's going to be. And she makes the best schnitzel that I'll eat. But fuck, I'll come down here and. 
yeah, yeah. So he's about to turn this place up here. I think there's the talks of a schnitzel house up here, a little bit more casual. Um, food downstairs, sandwiches and stuff like that. We have our big beer hall game area. So some changes were definitely going to start happening come January, uh, which is pretty cool because I think <clears throat> what we're doing here with the beer is not really like what a lot of people are doing here uh, without being gimmicky. Uh, so be able to go hard at that and sell a lot more beers. Hopefully how we won't end up, you know, in Argentina. <laughs> Or somewhere with or somewhere no with extradition. Th- there's no extradition. Yeah. Um, you guys so. have a you guys have an escape plan from the sound of it. What? What escape <laughs> plan? <laughs> so what do you mean gimmicky? Uh, I think like oh. you know some of these um, places that try to be more German than German mm-hmm. or more whatever you know they have like a like a Whoever theme. Do you mean? Like yeah. They have a fucking beer. I think I knew where that was yeah. going. Yeah. They have like Jeez. a they have a theme. Talk, you know. Talk about getting kicked in the dick. <laughs> But they don't actually pull off any of that stuff really well. Uh, you know, it's not really about the beer. It's about, like, the steam or we, we have Oktoberfest, but we don't actually yeah. know no, anything it about it. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, Larimer Street Oktoberfest is a perfect example of that. You know, selling Sam Adams and Coors, right? Cause that's it's just an excuse to get fucked up in yeah, downtown Yeah, exactly. Denver. So, like, some of the gimmicky things and places that don't really... They're doing it because they think this has to all fit into a theme where I think everything here fits into something that we really actually believe in and really actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't just make you drink it out of this glass because, you know, that's what they do in Germany. I actually like drinking out of this glass, and I think that you should drink out of it because I want to. <laughs> so, I guess, aside <clears throat> aside from liking the style of beer, do you either one of you have a history with that kind of German tradition or that, that European kind of uh, traditional just lager Just in drinking? the matter that... Um, I mean, how do you pick what it is that you like? You like IPA, you like pills, whatever. Mm-hmm. I gravitated towards these beers. Mm-hmm. I gravitated toward German Hellas, German pills. Mm-hmm. They were just my favorite. I, on occasion, you'll catch me drinking a superpower. It's not bad if you have nothing else. But <laughs> mostly, I like uh, the flavors of a very well-crafted German beer. Um, I like, and, and I shouldn't say that, I should go further. If I didn't make anything other than pills with the rest of my limited career that I've got left, I would be okay with that. Like, I made everything in that career at uh, CBN Pots, um, and I gravitated toward the thing that I like to drink and like to make the most. Period. I don't know why I prefer it to IPA. I just do. Yeah. So we decided, uh, Ashley and I, at some point, that everything that was in that fermenter we would care equally about. Like when we were, when I was at CBN Pots, I would have a pills in this fermenter and a blackberry porter in this fermenter. And mm-hmm. I like this fermenter and that one I didn't care about. Okay. But uh, that's not a healthy thing if you own your own business. So every one of those beers that's in the fermenter we care equally about and we stand behind and we love. So that's kind of cool to open your own business and just decide I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. Now to be clear, nobody brewed in Germany. Nobody yep. studied in Germany. You I guys like just to, gravitated towards the I style. I do like to uh, have the, the rumor spread that I was raised by German monks and kept, you know, like a kung fu school in a, in a brewery chain, and I was forced to, you know, carry grain bags until I was able to do the next task, but it actually didn't happen. We can perpetuate that rumor. I would love to hear it because yeah. I've, I've heard yeah. it talked back That'll to be on me our that next I used to brew in Germany. I've never podcast. brewed in Germany. Our ne- oh, I was going to say, put it on our next T-shirt. We'll just <laughs> be like, where did Bill originate? Yeah. There you go. Can I take advantage of your uh, honesty? Is that okay? I want to know, oh. what is the thing that you hate most about the industry where we live? Oh, I was context. telling David earlier, 
I went to Brooklyn to meet with uh, Josh Bernstein this weekend, who writes for the New York Times and his books about that. And I feel like he provided an honest perspective that I think in our bubble here in Denver we don't often hear. But you two have kind of opened up that door for me to ask this question. So what what is it? What is the thing that you wish would change or you just can't stand? So I think... Um I try to tread. I don't. I don't try to tread this. I, w- I want it to be clear what I actually do think. I think anybody who um, takes the chance. Hey, now, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I love this I, dynamic. You guys own this place. Yeah. Come back over. Yeah. 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 Jeez. Yes, exactly. We could have. We could have just been behind the bar doing this interview. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. All right. To be fair, that's my move typically. But um, oh, oh. Play out of play out of her playbook. Oh, I like yeah. it. Yeah. This it's Oops. about to get fucking real in here. <laughs> All right. So to be fair, um, I don't try to parse my words when it comes to this, but I do want it to be clear how I how I feel. Anybody who's decided to open up a brewery and put their finances and their livelihood on the line, I have respect for. It's not easy to do, mm-hmm. even when you think people are killing it. They probably aren't. Um, it's a very difficult industry currently. It's difficult to own your own business in general. And it can it can break you. It's great days are great, bad days are just horrifyingly awful. Like it's maybe not for David. He's swimming in cash. I think these days, you know, cash, baby yeah. diapers, baby diapers gold medals, 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 unfounded rumors, unfounded rumors. <laughs> that gold medals chocolate, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, I want to be clear that like I think that those things are respectable to put yourself out there to do all the work um, required to uh, put a business together, but. I think this industry currently, I've seen too many people doing things because they think they have to do something. Mm-hmm. We have to do it. We have to do it. We need to do it. We should do it. And I don't understand kind of where it comes from because when this industry started, the thing that a lot of these small brewers thought about was sticking it to the man a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Like we do, we kind of run against the stream. And now all you're doing is looking at what somebody else's business model is thinking that they're making a lot of money doing it, which you don't know if they are or aren't. That's the misnomer about this whole thing, is you actually don't know how well anybody's doing. And and following in stride, when really only the people who are first to the plate are going to probably make money, um, or the people who are you know the first ones to take on any sort of trend. The other thing is, when you say that, I think it um, ingrains in you a little bit a, the idea that you actually like resent your customers. Like, and so when they're actually drinking those beers or drinking the thing that you don't even want to make and you think that, well, these guys, that's all they want. This, we'll just give it to them. And you see them drinking at your bar. You're not happy that they're drinking at your bar. I mean, you're happy maybe for the money you're making, but you actually look at these people and you resent them. I've, yeah. I've seen it from people I know and they, they do it. They're like, well, these, this is what these people want and we need these people in our bar. And then they're annoyed that these people are in their bar drinking exactly mm-hmm what they said they'd be drinking. What they made for them to drink. Yeah, it. exactly. And being resentful of your customers, I think, is unhealthy on all ends. And I don't want to resent our customers, and I don't want to resent what we're doing, and I don't want to feel like I have to. And I get desperate times, call for you know things that maybe you didn't you know or what you would or wouldn't do. But I don't. you have to start with a why. And if you don't know what your why is, it's really easy to get sidetracked. Our friends over at Tivoli Brewing Company have done a great job uh, of supporting the Colorado Fallen Hero Foundation for several years now, and that is no different this year. Um, their their beer, the uh, 
Fallen Hero Orange Blonde Ale just was released, uh, I believe, about you know a week, 10 days ago. I grabbed a six-pack for myself, courtesy of uh, good friend Rich Kessel, Dr. Rich Kessel, if you're listening. Thank you, Rich, for going to pick that up. They're also selling merchandise uh, in the Tap House with um, you know the the Colorado Fallen Hero Foundation logo on there. It's a real, there's some really, really cool stuff. They're, they got some hats. They got some patches. Uh, a coffee mug, or if you wanted to put some alcohol in there, I don't think that they would frown upon that. But uh, the cool thing about what Tivoli is doing with the Fallen Hero Foundation is that all of the merchandise sales uh, that you that you all of the merchandise sales that happens in the Tap House uh, when you go in there and buy some of that stuff go to all the proceeds go to the Colorado Fallen Hero Foundation. So I encourage you, we encourage you, Jay and I, to head over to the Tivoli Tap House to fill up on some of that orange blonde ale. They're going for five bucks each, uh, but also to get yourself some merchandise. Get you some of that Colorado Fallen Hero Foundation merchandise. That way you can support a good cause. Uh, it's your way to say thanks to those uh, who have uh, you know, provided safety and security and all the great stuff that we take for granted here in the United States and here in Denver. So make sure uh, if you're in the tap house that you snag some of that stuff and support a really, really good cause. It's been snowing in the mountains in Denver. It snowed in Denver uh, not that long ago. It it's, looks like it's going to snow again soon. And depending upon when you listen to this, it might be snowing now. Uh, that means that it's ski and snowboard season. It's time to, to ski. It's time to ride. And that means that it's time for you to get your ass over to Denver Sports Lab and have Sam and Leaf take care of your equipment. They can ski tune, they can board tune, they can wax, they can grind, they can do P-Tex repair, they do it all. Uh, been taking my stuff there for a while. Jay's been taking his stuff there for a while. Uh, they're good friends of ours, and it's kind of why we're plugging what they do. Uh, that includes Ryan, Ryan the third uh, of the of the tripod out there as well. You got the boot mechanics who do the the boot stuff. You need that. It's a it's quite the operation out in Golden, Colorado. Those dudes um, they always got a fridge full of beer, FYI, and it's usually good beer. Uh, although Leaf seems to be on some sort of Coors kick these days, so I'm seeing a lot of that out there. But there was some pumpkin ale um, from Elysian that Sam had. Sam and Ryan were were partaking in when I when I was out there last. So go in there, drop your skis off, drop your board off. Grab a beer, talk to the gents, um, have them tell you why they are great. They're probably not going to do a very good job of telling you why they're great because they're pretty humble. But get out there, get your stuff taken care of, get your shit ready for, for ski and board season, get ready to ride because there's nobody better in town. Uh, they are better than all of the big names that you hear. I promise you, we promise you, once you get on a wax and a tune from ski, from, uh, from Denver Sports Lab, from Sam and Leaf, you're going to be able to tell the difference. I know that sounds super cheesy, but I am about a, a kind of a, a B to B minus skier with equipment that is really old. And they took care of my stuff last year, and I could immediately get on the snow and notice there was a difference. Um, my wife, who is a much better skier than me, said the same thing. Uh, you'll tell, right? That you'll be able to tell. And follow them on, on the socials. As well because they're doing some pretty cool events coming up with uh with bear creek distillery um with icelandic the ski company and there's some there's some skiing and there's some beer and there's some whiskey tasting um events that are happening 
And it appears that they might be doing some Saturday morning coffee bagel slash donut and ski events coming up, too. So as you head up to the mountains, you can head out to Denver Sports Lab and get your shit waxed. But, uh, yeah, check them out. Denver Sports Lab, Sam Leaf, and Ryan. They are out there. They're taking care of great people like you. They've been taking care of Jay and I for a while. Uh, We highly encourage you to go out and take advantage of what we believe is an amazing asset here in the Denver metro area. So how do you trust yourselves so much to believe in that long game then? I have a very high opinion of myself. I like it. Uh, no, I appreciate yeah, it. I mean, ego's, <laughs> ego's good. Um, but not, I mean, but not in the way that you think. I think that no, we can crush this one, yeah. this one thing really well. And I think that if we go hard at this and and can transfer some of that story and knowledge or whatever to people like we're never going to be the cool kids and i'm i'm cool with that like sometimes it's annoying you're like man i kind of wish but then i've got yeah but then like during gabf it's nothing but brewers in here and i go you know what i can go without yeah and go without the rest of it but it takes that little bit man you got to put yourself in check quite a bit when we're not you know we struggled it's not easy to do what we did we're not swimming in money we're not you know, people are like, oh, man, you guys must be doing so well. Like, we're only now doing kind of okay. And, I like, that feels really good. But at any point, we could have decided to make an IPA, to make a whatever, to do this, to do that, to open up our taps and put 15 different taps in or, or do whatever. It's not easy to do what Bill and I have decided to do, which is to stick to something even when it literally means that we go without. But this beer is built for the long haul. Like oh, this I, I, is like this is this fucking thing. I mean, I'm happy it is, but that was never well, part of the yeah. you know construct of why we did it. One of the things that I mentioned, um, and if people don't understand it, is no one's drinking craft beer, and what I mean by that is two out of ten, two out of ten people nationwide, are dr- eight out of ten are still drinking. Yeah, craft macro beers. Beer. Yeah, they're drinking. Uh, well, fair enough. But so you're not you're not talking craft versus macro. You're talking lager versus all the other different yeah. varieties so every, for every pastry stout for every yeah. everything that I'm not going to criticize, frankly, because um, you should make what you want to make and you should certainly drink what you want to drink. But for people to think we took some giant risk because we only made lager is a really silly thought. I, Lager's on 170 years. That's so funny. Streak. I actually was yeah. in... Like, um, it's crushing. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, been crushing. We go on these tap walls. Oh. We go on these tap walls where there's everything, and our Hellas beer is routinely the best-selling beer on the wall. Mm-hmm. Because... Because... And people a, don't even think about it. I mean, I was in Oklahoma City, actually, on a panel about lager, mm-hmm. and the... It was... So Oklahoma is a very small, fledgling market. They've only been able to have full-strength beer for about four years now. Wow. So it's like to sell in your tap room everything else had to be under four percent before then so it's pretty cool city actually i was actually very impressed how like kind of hip and cool it was okay you can get like some righteous vietnamese food there too by the way that i could attest to yeah exactly that's where jake's 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 mom ran a vegan vietnamese restaurant for 30 years in oklahoma insane Um, but so i was on this panel and the what is it the moderator gal was like so what do you have to say you know when people are like you know lager is dead and i was like i'm sorry what (laughs) like those words actually don't make any sense that just came out of your mouth it's still winning like go to your grocery store go to your liquor store Mm -hmm. on a saturday and this person's got one six pack of craft beer and they've got a 30 rack of whatever else right like 
It's definitely not Lisa. I thought it was just a really funny way to ask that. So let me ask you, how do you then, as business owners now, not just brewers, get somebody to pay that kind of extra premium for this as opposed to a Coors? I actually don't know that it is that much of a premium. Okay. Have you been out okay. drinking lately? Okay. Yeah, that's a $4 Jesus. beer. Yeah, yeah. That's, that pills is a $4 okay. bill. I've point. always been, you know, Bill and I really that's do stand on trying to make things not cheap and not cheapen them, but we make our ability to create fresh lager and make fresh lager depends on people buying a lot of it. Yeah. And that's the only way we can keep it fresh. So we price it in such a way. I think that everybody should be able to go out and get drunk with their friends. I, it's just, yeah, I'm like not, that. I'm this not loaded. This is what the premise like, of this show is yeah. really about. <laughs> this I'm is not loaded. Exactly like, why we you know, do it's this. cool to be able to go buy something big, but the big premise, you know, in like Italy, right? Like you buy a big bottle of wine, you know, that you can, that everybody can afford and you drink a bunch of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's. That's the thing point. that like that's a really good point yeah so being able to come here drink a couple liters of beer like a liters of hellas is ten dollars mm-hmm. and i don't think that's undercutting the price i think that that is the right price because the idea is to drink a lot of it right i need you to i need you to buy another liter i need you to not stop at one i need you to buy two this is like, so nice this place to is too far from my house is the problem you like guys. i swear to christ i've been getting heat for years for just drinking Loggers no. and pilsners no. and the occasional marzen and i walk in here and it's like I, it's I, and i've been in here enough times to fucking know how good the beer is but i, I had no idea how exceptional yeah. i was going to be welcomed it, it, it's people called it one time it was actually funny we got a review i love our reviews um they called it over uh craft beer price PBR or something like that. Oh, nice. But it's funny because a half liter of Hellas, so full half liter, so you get a half liter, which is 16.9 ounces, and then you get foam on top of that. Like, cause everything has an Ike mark, everything has mm-hmm. foam. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's $6. Right okay, so a half liter of, that's the pills, but for a half liter of Hellas, it's $6. And I went over across the street to some bar right there, and my 16 ounce can of PBR was $5. Yeah. So don't tell me this is craft beer prices for... Mm-hmm. Like, have you bought a six-pack of Coors in the store? It's eight bucks almost now. Is it really? Uh, yes, yeah, it is. Know. It's really it's not. Like Modelo, that's my go-to. I know, but yeah. Still, yeah. agreed. But it's still not. Yeah, no. You, I mean, for for craft beer, brew pub, brewery, over the bar prices, guys are hands down the best deal in town. Oh, and yeah. and it's not about being the best deal, right? But. What did you say? A liter of Hellas is ten dollars. Yep. You can fucking walk in and buy like what, a six ounce snifter of a pastry stout or a bourbon aged bullshit, and and you're gonna pay more than ten dollars for that. You can exactly. time and place though, right? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. time and place. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. to be All right. the, the, like we're in a we're in a neighborhood with there's 15 breweries within one mile of mm-hmm. us. We don't have to fill all holes. There are holes to be filled by other people. We just fill this one hole. We want you to come here. We don't have to be the stop you take. Uh, you know, everybody sits here for two hours. We just need everybody who comes down here to make, to drink a, a beer here. So is like knowing that people aren't going to get hammered on six and a half percent beer. Five and a half percent beer. Uh, but, but you know what I mean? Like four and a half percent beer. Yeah. We're not drinking a bunch of IPAs. It's been a right? week, huh? You kind of feel safe then opening up stuff downstairs and like having folks, you know, throwing some bags around. Uh, I'm not here like to be anybody's daddy. Like, hey, yeah, they're on their own. Once <laughs> yeah. they drink the beer, hopefully their behavior is modified by themselves. Um, it's a different feel, think, though. Well, okay, for a deal, yeah. I just, I like, we'll be hearkening back to the why do I like German beer? 
Germans look at beer completely differently than American mm-hmm. craft breweries have looked at it, which is I'm going to drink a bunch of it with my friends and have a good time. Yeah. And not I'm going to fuck. I shouldn't say that. I don't want to play into that fuss over beer thing. But um, and so I'm glad they can go downstairs and get a ten dollar liter of Hellas. Mm-hmm. And if all their ambition is is to come here uh, and buy beer as big as their head and play giant cornhole, that I'm absolutely yeah. fine with all of that. I think that's great. That actually pays our rent. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's harder than you think. Don't throw overhand. You'll throw a shoulder out, man. So. What is your favorite macro beer to drink then? Macro beer? Macro beer. I drink a lot of banquet. Okay. The OG. Yeah, honestly, when we were opening or we didn't know what we were doing, we were pretty poor. So we were the name of our Irish Wolf Our fan? Irish Wolfman's name is Bex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we drank them all. So uh, we were on an Olympia, Olympia kick oh, for a while. Yeah. It was hard to find. It's pretty good in the it's can. Good. It's really can you good. get it out yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, you can get it over like by DU. There's yeah, a couple places like you can Olympia. pick it up. What's the one Mexican beers. Solid gold. What was Coors? That's Coors? Founders. That's founders. founders. Okay. Yeah. The Founders does no, solid no, gold, gold, and then Coors has extra gold. Extra oh, gold. Yeah, extra yeah. gold. <laughs> so we got made fun of for drinking a bunch of Olympia because, one, we were broke. Yeah. And then uh, the year we put this place together, Olympia won the medal in the like American, light log- like well, American, American light lager category at JBF. We're like, yeah, told you. Olympia's good. <laughs> yeah, medal winner, man. So if it was based on volume, you guys were the reason, right? Yeah, probably. Are you good with this or knowing the success and the popularity and the fact that you do make really good beer, is it is there an is there a scale thing that's gonna happen? What's going what's the next step? Well, I tell you what the next step won't be. And okay. We won't be packaging any beer. Okay. okay. We won't be going into cans, bottle I and I have to tell you, I think that's true no matter what our ambition was. I would I would we're gonna hang with draft bear cool so um, then how do i get a logger to go i keep looking at this uh, we sign have crowler machines. We have okay yeah, okay yeah. Crowler. So crowler. so uh, crowlers are only uh what are they 450 yeah. for a 24 ounce crowler oh my God. sam's gonna be you driving guys. out of his way i don't want people to keep it in their now. fridge i think okay so i have we have two models but only i talk about this frequently if you can sell every ounce of your beer over the bar then it's then it's charity you need to charge two pints worth of beer or whatever it is right? it. you need to charge you need to charge like that person sat here but again we make lager beer i don't want it to sit in your fridge i don't want you to think it that you spent a lot consumed. of money on it and that it's for an occasion it's instead of going to go buy a you know a 24 rack of coors like come get six or eight crawlers it's still more expensive if you think it ounce by ounce it wasn't packaged on a packaging machine it was you know it's got a mm-hmm ghetto ass label on it like it's like barely sticks to it like we <laughs> get a lot of flack for that Stick- but i don't really care like you already decided you already decided you're gonna buy it it's not on a shelf somewhere so it really is for you to to be here decide you want to take one home and drink it that mm-hmm. night i don't want you to save it i don't want you to ship it somewhere even though that happens sometimes i don't want any of those things i want you to just i make enough of it we make pills and hellas a lot of it and in order to keep it fresh, I got to sell a certain amount of it at a certain clip. And that's part of it. It's so that mm-hmm. supply demand. So I have enough supply to fulfill. And if I can keep the prices where they are, then I will. If obviously, things go up. You know, I can build in a quarter or 50 cents here or there if we need to. But I really do want people to take home a few of them and drink them all quickly. That's awesome. Where, uh, where are the kegs on tap around here? Uh, we're on tap at about 45 accounts these days. Okay. Um, which is cool. We only sell pills and Hellas outside of here. Okay. Uh, we don't sell anything else. Uh, we only make 
three beers all year round anyways. Um, so the Dunkel, the Dunkel's the third year round? Yeah, no. We, yeah, it is. Yeah, Dunkel's yeah. the okay. third year round. Okay, that's year round, but you don't sell that anywhere but here. Okay. There's one bar I'm in like Woodland Park, but I'm so jonesing for, for the Oktoberfest. You know, you, you know, I can just because it'll be gone, and once it's gone, it's gone. I'm taking that to go. I'm taking like Forever. fucking ten of them with me. <laughs> my old lady, um, my wife, excuse me. So why do you two, aside from your history and where you came from, what draws you two to a guy like David and, and David to, a, to to you two? Like just a, out of curiosity, is it because your beers are all very clean? That's what I think as a beer drinker. It's a very crisp, refreshing experience when I drink your beer, even if it's a superpower IPA, even when it's it's this, um, even when it's a good lager. So, so like, uh, why do you guys like each other? It's, I it's don't so know, clear. man. I can tell you. Yeah. It's, it's a very simple thing. Like, and it harkens back to that what you do and what you don't like about the industry. What I don't like about the industry is the pandering. This is something you wouldn't drink yourself. You don't care about it. You're going to sell it for money anyway. Do it quick, do it quick. People that are my friends in this in. industry love what they do. They wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. That's the, the beer you get at Comrade, those guys love that beer. They're not trying to like, entice you into buying it because it was cheap to make. Yeah. So we're, that's why I'm a friend of David's. You'll, you'll find us there a lot drinking our own dog food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you're not, you, what do they say? you got to eat what you cook, right? Yeah, like, exactly. And that's true for any business. I would imagine in beer especially. So Look, they're all, um, all of our, we, we kind of hang in some of the same circles, uh, but it's because not only do we enjoy each other's company uh, quite a lot, but we all have something in common, even if it's not the exact beer that we make or whatever, but there's a free exchange of information, mm-hmm. um, honest questions, honest answers, honest feedback when you know things are... A certain way, you know. Some, you know, uh, another good friend of ours who actually won uh, mid-sized brew pub of the year, Westbound and Down. Like, these are all we all run in the same. It's kind of funny. We have an event called the Ho 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 Slapdown. If you've never been, it's because wait, it's oh, the, oh, oh easy. I remember my first oh, beer. My <laughs> <laughs> um, <Touché. laughs> I'm not gonna call him. That easy, my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. um, we have an event called the Ho Ho Slapdown. It's actually a really funny event. It's like uh, December 8th this year. And what we do is everybody makes a holiday beer, which is kind of loose, by the way. Uh, Loose term, I guess. Um, There are six breweries. Us, Comrade, Westbound and Down, Cannonball, Call to Arms, and Barrels and Bottles, and Little Machine. Oh, yeah. So it's all... And we're all friends. Yeah, it makes sense. We're all friends. We've all, like... We so like an alumni get together? Is that really what it comes it down kind to? Of, yeah, not really, but yes. Uh, so what we do is we make a does holiday Kevin, beer. Does Kevin you come? come here and you get a five ounce pour of each one. We all set up our jockey boxes. You go get it in the glass. You talk to whoever's behind there. They're usually talking shit about everybody else. It's basically everything but stuffing the ballot box goes. And at the end of it, um, we all do a roast of everybody else. Oh, my God. <laughs> Open to the public. This is open to the public. Yeah, it's like twenty five bucks. It's going on my calendar right now. Yeah. Can we just like record? We we should record all day there. Fuck yeah. Yeah, You should. It'd be super fun, man. The The roasting, yeah. yeah. The roasting. You stand up. Everybody gets five minutes. We'll live stream it. We should plan a live stream. So I'm guessing it's December seventh. It's Saturday. That's only if the PA system works. Oh, you do that to people on a Sunday. We do it because we want to. We make it as easy on brewers. We all have our jockey boxes. It's like a three hour event. And we all just talk shit about each other pretty much yeah. nonstop. Ashley made Tinder profiles. For oh, yeah, I made Tinder profiles for all the brewers last year and put it up on the, the screen. The year before that, we had informational packets for everybody. Oh describing everybody God. else's beer. 
It was really fun. You two are a lot of fun. Holy yeah, shit. So, yeah. So the, the funny thing about that event is so Cannonball has not not won a medal since they opened. Okay. West Bend and Down won mid-sized brewing company of the year. These guys won small brewing company of the year. Like, there's a group of people there that we just happen to be friends with and talk shit to all the time, and they all happen to be rad-ass brewers, and I don't have to feel bad when I go to the place and drink the beer. So when's the schnitzel, maybe? It's going to happen? Yeah, by the first of the year. This we were doing cool. a weekly oh, shit, schnitzel I right now, three though. months? No, no, we're doing a we have a schnitzel on the menu all the time, and then we do a weekly schnitzel. For the we record, had a chicken port on blue schnitzel. Oh, the f- that's, that's the reason I was jacked about finding this place when you guys finally reemerged down here was the food is fucking I amazing. Say, Davi. Don't shake the baby. Take care, buddy. Dude, <laughs> you can you can shake it. Just don't. Gosh, uh, I said hi, though. It's okay. We've all been cut. there. And Pierre. We've all been there. Yes. Please shut the fuck up. Please. Shut up. Wait, <laughs> who are we talking about? Uh, the baby or you, yeah. one of the two. Oh, I mean, oh. yeah, it could be. It's so a classic. Talking about schnitzel. Yeah. Or schnitzel. Dude, or I'm blue schnitzel. so hungry. I skipped lunch today. No, you are. The, we do have a schnitzel on the menu. It's pretty good too. Shit. Do you have a okay? Anything? Anything going on? You want to plug on the? Ho ho ho! Slapdown. Ho ho ho! Slapdown! December eighth, where we will um, three peat. Hopefully, you know. Okay. Uh, coming in heavy hitting. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's all kosher and above board. I was going to say, you, you host know. the event. It's yeah, like absolutely. We do have like home field advantage. Half the votes fair. right there. Yeah. Home field advantage. Look, I try to, I do, okay, so in all earnest, <laughs> I do try to make it, um, I do try to make it fair-ish. Ish. Yeah, like every brewery, uh, I want every brewery to invite four people. So every, every brewery gets four tickets for free. So they can stuff the ballot. So you get three tokens to vote with so you can vote one two three two and one one and another mm-hmm. three all in one so i i already allow like literally 12 can be stuffed in your own yeah, you're giving box. everybody a little bit oh, of an edge correct good, i yeah. off, also offer after that half price tickets yeah. for the next four people because we want more people to come and vote and shenanigans make mm-hmm. it fun uh and then but it's funny this actually didn't work out for hogshead one year so jake gardner left hogshead which is why we invited westbound and down so it follows the brewer, not the brewery. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Makes sense. Because uh, that's what we all have in common is talking shit about each other. Um, so they actually brought two people with them, and they voted for us. Oh, <laughs> so you have to, like. Yeah, it cost yeah, so Clearly they didn't educate anybody in advance I of that I know. Event. They actually thought they were voting. So it was actually funny because it actually cost them. They lost by. No, there was a dance-off that year. There was a dance-off. Oh, my God. This sounds like my kind of event. I guess uh, (laughs) clear the schedule, homeboy. Dude, it's a Sunday. You better call in sick on Monday. We have a... It's finals week. It it ends at 3.30. It's finals week. So you just go to sleep early. Yeah, Yeah. that's That's good. Um, We also have Bach beer coming out at the beginning of November. Single Bach. Single Bach. We made a Chuck Dark Lager with Bagby beer in California. We made it here, so that'll be out sometimes at the end of the year. About it. We're just chilling. You guys are killing it, Billy and uh, and Ashley. Thank you both very yeah, much. Cheers, cheers, guys. Thank you. Um, we'll we'll edit the shit out of this podcast. Make sure nobody's feelings were hurt. Thank you. Usually Sounds just mine. When they come to tea.